Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How's it going, Commanders fans? Welcome into Believe in Commanders. I'm your host, Brian Murphy. As always, I am joined by my guy, Triple A. Triple A, how are you doing on Thursday, uh, which is the start of the football weekend? I'm feeling good, feeling good being able to enjoy a, a win for the past few days and, you know, just be able to bask in that glory. Saw Taylor got some new shoes. That's right. Life is good. Life is good. Yeah, he got his O-lineman uh, hooked up as well. So we'll, we'll talk about the commanders, how they keep it rolling, how they avoid a letdown. They head out to Houston, a team that uh, could be sneaky, don't have a great record, but they can be sneaky. They got some playmakers. So we'll talk about all of that. Also, the Eagles made a couple of moves. We think that the commanders kind of exposed them a little bit, and they're making sure that doesn't happen again. We'll touch on that. And then as always on our Thursday preview shows, we'll we'll finish it off with picks Brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, we'll get you all the spreads, and hopefully, I'll, I'll do better than I have been doing. But Anthony, tell us about Bet Online. Yes, indeed. Bet Online is here. Bet Online is back. Even though my Mavs find a way to lose games to <laughs> subpar teams, Bet Online is still there. They're always going to be your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You're going to find your latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends all over there at Bet Online. As your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contest. I just saw one for the World Cup and giveaways all season long. It's always your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, MMA, NHL, tennis, boxing, even golf. And like I said, World Cup, that's on there. Let's Head go. to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's believe, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That'll get you rewards. Bet online is where the game starts. Let's do this thing. That's right. So we are starting, uh, thanks to our, our friends at Bet Online for bringing us the show. As always, we are starting with the Commanders heading to Houston. Uh, I, I, I got a lot of questions for you. I'm not going to lie. You know, I know we, we want to preview the, the Texans and what the commanders have done well and matchups and all that. Um, but, but I got a couple of questions for you. So I want to get to those in a second, but what are your initial thoughts on the Texans? I saw on your Instagram that you were breaking down a little bit of what they do. Um, it, it seems like it's a lot of Damian Pierce. It seems like they've got a solid rookie corner in Derek Stingley, but what did you like, or what did you see from, from them when you were looking at their tape? You know, that's a talented team, just a young team. They're just young. That's that's the biggest issue right now, and, and that's something that over time they're going to get better. I mean, Davis Mills is young quarterback out of Stanford. He's got his you know, Pep Hamilton as his offensive coordinator, so he's familiar there. Damian Pierce is very talented. Um, outside of receiver, I mean, they, Brandon Cooks is their lead horse, uh, but outside of that, they don't have a whole bunch that they're working with. Um, on defense, I mean, like you said, Derek Stingley, he's a talented player. Uh, but, you know, once again, they're in the bottom uh, portion mm-hmm. of the league, bottom third of the league in just about every category. And it's for a reason. Um, youth. Youth is the main thing. Uh, this is a winnable game by Washington. They should show up and set the tone early uh, and, and quickly take this team out of their misery. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's my biggest thing is that if if you can get them out of their comfort zone, which is handing the ball off to Damian Pierce, who is just an angry, angry runner with the football, if you can take them out of that and force Davis Mills to have to spread it around, I think that that is a recipe for success for the commanders. Um we, we talked about it a little bit. I think Houston kind of laid the groundwork for what the commanders did against the, the Philadelphia Eagles um, a couple weeks ago on, on Thursday night. Um, 
and you know they, they like to run the ball but if you can take them out of that if the commanders can get a couple of scores early and kind of force them to play from behind i feel like that'll take them out of their comfort zone it does make me nervous it feels a little bit like a trap game you're coming off a big emotional win on monday night against an undefeated divisional opponent let me ask you this as a player how do you avoid a letdown? How do you avoid, um, you know, coming in here and letting the, the ball drop and letting your guard down after you beat a, a significantly better opponent? How do you how do you avoid kind of letting that linger and, and, and fester or kind of creep into the next week? Oh, yeah. You got to number one, you got to humble yourself and just make sure you know that, hey, last week was last week. Your past performances are not indicative of your future success, uh, both good and bad. Right. So you just beat a very good team in Philly. You're going to go up against a team who's at the bottom part of the NFL. Look, don't show up in there assuming that they're going to lay down. These guys are playing for their jobs. They're playing to make rosters. They want to make contracts. Some guys want to get traded. So, look, you're going to go down to Houston. You're going to have a tough matchup. You really just have to focus on you. And and make sure you set the tone early. It, it it's it's you see teams play down to competition, and you also see some of those same teams will play up to competition. Um, you don't want to be in that category of playing down because when you get in the third quarter, you got a scrappy team hanging around, and that's when upsets happen and mistakes happen. So the main way to get past having a slump or just you know finding a way to let a, a game lapse is just to really focus in and be even that much more. Uh, better in your in your preparation right during the week do much more watch more tape make sure you're doing all the things that you need to do as if you were playing against the number one team in the nfl yeah have that same level of preparation yeah it seems like the mindset just can't change i I mean it feels like the nfl is a week-to-week league i mean you you look back a couple of weeks ago we would have thought there's no way the eagles drop a game against a team under 500 there's no way the bills lose a game at home and both of those things happened uh within a span of you know you know, 20, uh, you know, 36 hours of each other. So it's a week to week league. And absolutely. And I think Taylor Heineke talked a little bit about it. I think he said the same thing. They have to stay focused. You know, they, they, they celebrated the win. We saw him on the plane. He got his shoes. He's got his lineman shoes. That's great. But that doesn't matter. The Texans don't care about that. And they're, they're ready to prove that they're, they, while they've, have a bad record. They've been in a lot of their games. And so they're, you know that they're hungry and they would love to knock off the the darling of the week, which the commanders kind of were for, for knocking off the Eagles. So they're definitely no slouch. Uh, so my next, my next question is obviously Washington has a short week playing on Monday night. They play in Philly. They head home for however many days, a few days. Then they head to Houston. What do you do as a player? How does your preparation change when you are a on a short week, but then have to travel back to back weeks. Is there any different preparation or do you just kind of shift your week a little bit? What does that look like? And, and kind of what can we expect or what, 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 what can we um, kind of look at and see and think about what the commanders are doing this week? Generally, you have to think that, you know, normally the Monday would be that day after a game and some people make it a day off. Some people save that for a Tuesday, but you kind of lose that day because you played on Monday. Uh, you're essentially going to lose a day of practice. And frankly, it's it's maybe good that you're going against a subpar team uh, without having that extra day of practice. It becomes more mental. It's all up here. You're going to have to be able to watch some tape and understand, hey, we can execute these things without being able to do it physically on the field. Uh, now, as a player, 
you got to keep your same schedule as much as possible. If you go get massages on Saturdays before you travel, go get your massage before you travel, right? Uh, you probably have to do it on Friday because you're going to leave Saturday, Saturday morning. So uh, the schedule ends up being the same. You just miss that extra day of work and it's more responsible for the players uh, to, to really get in some study time and be ahead uh, of the game plan and, and know what they're going to do because you're not going to get as many physical reps on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what it seemed like to me. It seems like the commanders are saying all the right things, but you know, it just, it seems like on a, on a wacky week, you never know what can happen and we'll get to the picks later, but I think that's gotta be part of the reason that the commanders are only a three point favorite. You would think that it would be a little bit more. Um, I know they're going on a road and that kind of affects things and the commanders, you know, while they have played well, they're, they're just at 500 themselves, but I have to imagine that that short week kind of affects things and kind of affects how, how teams are looking at it so that'll be interesting i hope you know like they, like i said they're, they're saying the right things they seem to be doing the right things it seems like they're getting good work in this week from all the the practice reports but it is an, an extra day that you're losing there so hopefully they can continue that mindset as we head into the weekend yeah i don't think they're gonna have any problems i mean this is a game that we circled as you know out of those four games you know they ended up flip-flopping the minnesota and philly ones uh, but we had this one in the, in the upcoming game as two games that they should win. So yeah. uh, I think I think they're going to step up to the occasion. I think they know what's at stake here. Um, they the, the, the team made the quick decision to say that Taylor is going to start. He will be starting against Houston. I think it was smart to let that know, let that be known. Don't let it linger out. Don't try to play mind games with Houston. Just say, hey, you're getting Taylor Heineke. All right? And outside of that, you know you're going to get that same run and attack. You're going to have that same physical presence. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a really good game. Yeah, so I saw it seemed like maybe the national media was a little more like made it more of a story that Taylor Heineke was going to be the starter. I didn't to me that didn't seem like there was any question, at least not for this week, because I, I don't think Carson. I thought Carson Wentz was bare, just barely throwing the ball. He obviously hasn't been like fully cleared. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they were just kind of taking the headline there because it is what it is. But I didn't think that there was any question that Heineke was going to start. Did you did you think that at all? Nah, I mean, you know, if if they would have made the switch, and I, and I can say frankly, I wasn't up to just the exact, you know, updates on Carson, but I know that he was eligible to come back this week. Right, so I think, right. I think you, you run away with that, like he could come back this week. Is he going to? Sure. It's like, uh, -uh no, let the momentum ride. I mean, yeah. If I'm if I'm at the if I'm at the tables and I'm hitting, let that thing ride, man. Let it ride. You got a guy that's over here balling, got the team uplifted. There shouldn't have been any question. Um, you know, it makes for good headlines, good clickbait. Uh, but yeah, there shouldn't be any question that you got to stick with the hot hand at this point. I, I agree, and I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I want to see more of what they did early on, besides the the strip sack to start the game. But do what they did in that that drive to respond to the Eagles. Go out and do that a couple of times. Kind of hopefully they can do what they did in the Jaguars game. Jump out to two early touchdowns and put a bad team from behind, force them to make some some mistakes and and make something happen. Um, stay, but stay ahead. Don't don't have yeah, to do a full right, quarter right, right, right. Please, no need for heroics. Right, absolutely. But I really think the Texans. Uh, you know, I agree with you that they're young, but I think Damian Pierce is the answer there. And if you can bottle him up, which the Commanders part of this uh, this impressive streak they've been on four out of the last five. Uh, they've really bottled up the run. So I, I hope to see more of that. And uh, hopefully they can shut down Damian Pierce, who's kind of been a rookie darling out of nowhere out of Florida. But man, he is fun to watch run the football. And if you aren't sound in your tackling, he'll make you feel it and he'll run right through you.
That is a fact. That dude runs angry. He runs like old school football. And I say old school and I'm really meaning like 10 years ago. Yeah. You know? Like nowadays, you don't see that much that, that, that many people run so angrily and so mm-hmm. physical. And I feel like he was probably a headache uh, for defenders and linebackers in training camp. They thought that they had a little rookie who was going to come in here tiptoeing and he probably ran a few people over and, and turned some heads for the Texans team. So I'm, I'm, I think they're a, a, a decent team. You know, definitely on the upswing. I know one of the biggest matchups that uh, was on Twitter talking about, and I was watching tape, rookie Kenyon Green. Mm. He's a left guard uh, for for Houston out of Texas A&M. He drew the short straw. He got two short straws. He got to deal with John Allen and yep. Deron Payne. Yep. And they're going to probably roll them things back and forth right in front of them all game long. He's going to have to bring his lunch pail. Just a little bit of tape I saw against New York. You know, he had some good plays here and there, but then he also gave up some quick swims, uh, you know, to get some instant pressure on the quarterback. So uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a good test for him. Uh, but John Allen, Deron Payne, they got to be sitting there, you know, putting on their bibs, licking their lips <laughs> because they're like, hey, we got a rookie fresh meat over here. Let's go to work right here all day. So that's that's a big matchup that I'm paying attention to. I think this defensive line will be too much for this offensive line, and that should dictate how this game goes. Well, and you mentioned momentum. I mean, they go up against the Eagles, who a lot of people consider to be one of, if not the best offensive line in the league. And now you're saying you're going up against a team that only has one win and a rookie is a big part of what they do across the offensive line. You're absolutely right. That defensive line is looking to to feast a little bit. Speaking of, we mentioned, I think, on our recap episode on Tuesday, I saw a report that Adam Schefter said that Chase Young would be act, you know, would play in Houston. It sounds like it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Maybe it's the commanders playing a little a bit of, uh, I don't know, misdirection with the Texans. Uh, yeah. But we've seen him out at practice. I know, it, you know, this could change when we post this. This could change by t- tonight, but it's 3.30 on Thursday. What is your initial reaction? Do you think Chase Young makes his debut in Houston this week, or do you think they wait a little bit longer? I think you need to wait. I was on with the Houston Texans, uh, you know, uh, broadcast uh, speaking to DP, and, and she was she was like, yeah, he should wait. But she was saying it out of the fact that yeah. a Houston fan. But I was like, honestly, I, I think that you could afford to allow him to wait this week. I don't think you need to force him back. You have a bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to wait another month before Chase Young gets on the field, but going up against Houston, maybe you would feel like maybe you don't need to throw Chase Young back out there, especially against such a physical running attack. I'm just, I'm always cautious just about how are you going to first respond when you get on the field with that ACL. And then I know they're going to run like power right at him. They're going to right. run right at him and say, are you going to feel confident in your knee? Are you going to be able to hold up against this? Cause we will run the ball your way the whole entire time. So in my eyes, I say, hey, give it another week. There's no need to rush it. But if he does play, very small snap count, probably out there mostly for energy uh, and maybe on some third down situations. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. I think I was seeing that Ron Rivera said if and when he's back out there, he's going to be on a pitch count. And then I think Jack Del Rio talked maybe earlier today or, or yesterday, and he said, um, you know, he's got to be able to protect himself. And it's like you said, if they're running right at you, can you get out of the way? Can you deal with a block or that kind of thing? How do you feel? Part of me, part of me is torn. I understand the pitch count. I understand a guy, the guy hasn't played football in a year, but if he's clear, he's clear. What what does a pitch count mean, and how does how does that work? I mean, to me, it's like if you're available, why wouldn't you play? But I understand you got to ease yourself back in. But 
you know, also if you're there, we need you. So yeah. how, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, you're you're speaking to it 100%. Haven't played in a long time. One of the biggest things about that position, defensive end, is one you got to be able to take on some really big O line. You have to be able to brace and and really sink sure. your legs in there and anchor. Um, now doing that for 50, 60, 70 plays, that ain't the smartest thing to do when you have right. your, your shiny toy coming off the shelf. Put him in there in situations where it's like, hey, third and long, Chase, go ahead and get out there. Third and ten, go get out there because you can expect a pass. You can expect him being able to use his speed. Um, the pitch count is like, hey, let's just save him for those situations that are going to allow him to be the best. You know, it, they're not going to do a quick 12 like like in the preseason. Somebody says they play 12 plays. They get you 12 plays in the first quarter, then they pull you out. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep Chase Young ready all game. This would be my interpretation. They would keep him ready all game and throw him in there in key situations. Passing downs would make the most sense. Let those young guys do the run running game. Let yeah. them handle that. Because if the team, if Washington gets ahead like we anticipate them doing, then you could see more Chase Young rushing the passer. You can get to see him get back to that. That's what you want him here for. You want him to rush the passer. You don't really care for him to have to sit there and play the run all game long. I would rather see him out there rushing the passer. Um, that's my my big thought, how I, how I would play it. I hear you. And and kind of how we talked about Taylor Heineke is kind of house money. You go with it until, you know, you run out, right? Because you're not really losing anything. I think you're kind of in that situation with the defensive, <clears throat> excuse me, the defensive line. Mm, I got you. Defensive line is looking good. They're deep, deep across the board. F.A. Obata. Uh, my man Brian's over there choking. I got you, though. I got you. We good. You got F.A. Obata. You've got uh, Ridgeway's inside a deep tackle. We already mentioned right. Ron Payne, John Allen. You got Montez Sweat, the second in the league and hits only behind Joey Bosa. There are a lot of good stats going on for this defense, and they don't have Chase Young. That's exactly what I was saying. I got choked up thinking about how special it's been watching this team, man. I, <laughs> I, pardon me. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, like, they, they found something with this group that they have right now, so it kind of affords you a little bit more time with Chase Young. So they're in a good situation. I'm, I would love to see him out there, even if it is on a pitch count but I, i'm i'm with you i don't right now on on thursday afternoon i don't know that we see him i think maybe next week if he gets like a full week you know we're coming off a short week already but he gets a full week to face the falcons maybe you see him then but yeah i, I don't i don't know that you see him this week i think maybe yeah. maybe adam Schefter got a good word uh, maybe it was a misdirection by whoever his source is in that regard yeah. but i think he might have jumped the gun there because I, I don't know that it's a slam dunk that he plays on sunday yeah yeah and i mean but you know playing in the game there's a there's like you said there's, sure. there's going to be 70 plays he could sure. play 10 and technically play right but that's also you got to think of the way the game is played little chess right hey quickly tell him hey taylor heineke's out there oh but chase young we're not sure he might mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. um and so houston that whoever's at right tackle i don't have that pulled up at the moment but he's probably thinking lord have mercy i hope that old chase young don't <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah, i'd rather have 99 wait a week or two uh before he comes back out there but you know i I, like I, I said before, I trust this coaching staff. I trust the team, uh, the training staff, how they've handled injuries. Yeah. So whenever Chase comes out there, you got to think he's going to be in just he's going to be ready to go. Yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Yeah, I think I think yeah, with, I'm with you. Like maybe before this year when we we hadn't um, seen seen everything play out so far, I would have been with you and doubted the training staff. But they've handled everything right. Jahan Dotson finally came back when he's healthy. I think he's gonna. I, 
I don't know the snap counts, but I felt like we didn't see a whole lot of him. So maybe he was even on a pitch count per se. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. They're they're gonna take care of their guys and they're looking for the the long haul. They're they're in the playoff hunt right now. You know, Chase Young, do you want him for one game and then re-injure something and then not have him again till December? Or do you want him for the full, you know, end of November through December into January? So uh, that's a good point. We'll see if Chase Young is out there. Um, like we said, we're we're not sure, at least not uh, a the full predator, maybe maybe half a predator, or a third of a predator is out of there. He's still uh, scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's imposed even when he's on the sideline, just in sweats. I mean, he's he's almost bigger than half the guys in their pads and all that. Um, so you know, it's it's hard not to still talk about the Eagles game. You know, we're gonna put that to bed. But one thing that they did over the last couple of days is they kind of righted a couple of wrongs that they felt like they experienced over these last couple of weeks. They they lost Jordan Davis, the stud rookie out of Georgia, or who we think is gonna be a stud rookie. He's only played. He's been, he, he, been, he was balling. He was balling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. They've, they've certainly been missing him. Damian Pierce loved the fact that he wasn't in there. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson uh, both enjoyed the fact that he wasn't in there. So they signed a couple of veterans in Linval Joseph and in Dominican Sue over the last couple of days. I think they're making sure down the long, down the final stretch that the that a game plan like what the commanders did does not work once again. What did you think of that move? And do you think it was a direct reaction to Monday night? It was a hundred percent reaction to Monday night. It was a reaction to the last two weeks. And frankly, if I'm in Green Bay, I'm I'm gonna be like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, hey, they got ran on for two weeks and went and got D tackle help. I've been asking for receiver help for the past my whole entire career. Yeah, help me out. And that's just that's just being petty, but it's it's definitely a reaction. You got to think Philly's planning for. The playoffs. They're planning for down the line. You got a couple of teams that ran the ball on you very handily. Yeah, you got to address it. You got to plug those holes up. So, I mean, it's a smart play, smart play for them. Um, how it affects them moving forward, you know, hopefully, for our sake, hopefully it doesn't do them any good. Hopefully well, it stinks, but I think it will help sure up their defensive line. I was going to say, this is now the second team that has made some significant changes right after playing the commanders the the colts uh they i think they fired their offensive coordinator maybe the the game after they lost to the commanders and that was after they they made the quarterback change and then obviously they fired frank reich and now jeff saturday now matt ryan's back i think the commanders started that that kind of snowball effect for the colts and i would love to see if they you know, they get the big upset on the Eagles and it messes with them and it, it affects them going forward. So I, I just like the fact that the commanders are kind of are kind of are, are setting the tone for, for a couple of other teams. It's nice to have that because typically the commanders are on the other end where they're firing guys and they're getting rid of people. It's nice to just see that they cause that for a change. Yes, indeed. What is a left hand up? <laughs> Who right. are we? The commanders, hey man, they're playing, they're playing ball. They're really hitting their stride though, as a team. Yeah, just literally mm-hmm. as a whole entire team, they're hitting their stride. I've said it before. It takes going to take a good six weeks at least for the offense to get rolling, and yeah. that struggled, and that still continued to struggle. When you got Heineke back in there, started to pick up the tempo. You got Robinson back, started to pick up the tempo. I saw a great stat, and I'm trying to find it. It was about basically the Cam curls, his his impact on the defense. Has sure. has helped other players. And real quick, uh, uh, Cole Holcomb, I don't think has practiced again all week, so I imagine Cam Curl is going to stay with the green dot too. Yeah, I found it. I found it. I found it. So uh, 
Let's see. This is some secondary stuff. So I'm going back to Monday night real quick. I found it was a thread. Uh, Washington Commanders secondary Monday night. Kendall Fuller, two targets, no completions, no nothing. Cam Curl, two targets, two completions, minus four yards. Benjamin St. Juice, he was the one that they were t- attacking. Eight targets, four completions, 29 yards, one forced fumble. Held Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas got it to a combined 69 yards. The secondary is playing out of their mind. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm continue. Derek Forrest had three targets. What you got? Uh, I was going to say, one thing I noticed when the inactives came out, and uh, I I don't really pay attention. Typically, you kind of know who's going to not play. It's the injured guys. It's the the back. It's the young linemen, whatever. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose was inactive, and I don't know if that was this, the case against Minnesota or not, but I think Bobby McCain has kind of slipped into that nickel role a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think it's because they've found an answer in Curl and Forrest. I think they love those guys back there together. They work well together, and it allows a guy like Bobby McCain, who's kind of versatile, to, to play in a couple of different positions. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. It's a trickle-down effect. Yeah. I do think it starts with Cam Curl on that secondary. Yes, indeed. I continue. Derek Forrest allowed three targets for three completions and 67 yards, one interception, played great all game, yada, yada, yada. So they have some rate ratings here. Cam Curl had 82.6 rating, and Derek Forrest had 81.7 overall rating. They were two and three in ratings for the week. Wow. Now this, this is a cool stat. Cam Curl has allowed six or fewer yards in eight games since William Jackson was benched. Uh, this was after week four. Uh, Fuller has played six games since Kendall Fuller has allowed 48 yards, a 48% completion, 22 yards per game. One touchdown has five pass breakups since uh, Cam Crow has been in there. So this defense has really shown up since Cam Crow has been back in the fold and that versatility at safety. Remember they had five safeties early in the year. We were going way back and we were like, man, you could do some moving and shaking and you get different people in different places and you're starting to see that versatility show up, man. And it's, uh, it, it Addition by subtraction, get rid of William Jackson, send him to uh, to Pittsburgh so he can go and thrive over there, move St. Juice outside. He's able right. to hold it down. Cam Curls got the green dot. He's got everybody moving around, moving correctly. They're moving in the right direction. This yeah. is definitely night and day difference between earlier in the year and now. And it's fun because these are all young guys, too. Uh, you know, Bobby McCain is the quote-unquote old head at 29. <laughs> Kendall Fuller's 27, and the rest of these guys are, what, 25 and under. So yeah. it's impressive if they if these guys are legit playmakers moving forward. Uh, a position that was definitely a weak spot at one point and maybe coming into the season could end up being a huge part of a, of a dare we say it, playoff run down the line. It's fun to watch these guys kind of grow up and kind of figure it out on the run because they're certainly playing well. And they got a good chance against a a Texans team that don't have a lot of receiving playmakers. I mean, you got Brandon Cooks, uh, Nico Collins, Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, all kind of solid, okay, you know, below average guys. I say that now, one of them's going to have a huge game, but uh, you got a chance to, to build on that as well, specifically in the secondary. So I'm excited for those guys moving forward. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm scrolling Twitter, so I apologize, y'all, but I'm just sitting here scrolling. Terry McLaurin is, is trending. So I was like, let me see what's going on. But uh, it was, I guess it was, it was, uh, they must have just spoken to, to to the media oh, so yeah Terry don't, don't make me nervous we will end this show right now no but it's also <laughs> pro bowl voting they're voting ah, so yeah, they're get out there vote for your favorite commanders i mean i've seen uh, lj got she got charles leno john allen deron Payne, cam curl mclaurin those guys all got to get on yeah you got to go vote for them so whatever you got to do team go and vote for your team we got to get this thing closed out we got to yeah. be picks 
We got to get right. to the picks. So we're going to stay for the picks. But I got to say thanks to the folks that tune in. Thanks for Bet Online. Uh, those are our sponsors. Uh, you can check us out all over the place. But what do we got next? We got picks coming up. That's right. So stay with us on video. Otherwise, we'll release this on Friday. I'm back to do picks. I'll, I'll put that guy, Cam Rogers. What does he know? He's he's just got an incredible record. Let Brian Murphy step back in to show you how the picks are done. Yeah. So that'll be next. Um, but yeah, thank you for checking us out. We'll see if the commanders can keep it rolling against the Texans and get over 500. They got a chance to get over 500 again since week one. First time since week one, they can do it on Sunday. So thanks for checking us out. Uh, let us know if you have any questions or comments. Uh, be, if you've got questions for a former player, be like me, and, and I will, I will re- send them to me or send them to Anthony, and we'll, we'll get them figured out because Anthony is a, a wealth of knowledge. So uh, it's fun breaking down uh, the commanders and the Texans, hoping for a big dub. Uh, stick with us for the pick show. Otherwise, we will talk to you later. Yes, indeed. See y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.